Hello and welcome to the Ganatantra podcast. I am Sarayu Natarajan and I am Alok Prasanna Kumar. And in this week's episode we are joined by Jean Thomas Matelli who is the head researcher at the CSH which is the Center of Sciences and Humanities in New Delhi. He was previously a postdoctoral fellow at the Center for International Studies and Research at Sciences Po Paris. His scholarship in political science and political sociology focuses predominantly on generational politics in the Indian context and that is something to keep in mind because it becomes relevant as the in the course of this episode. His work concentrates on contemporary student politics, left activism, youth political careers and processes of politicization in Indian campuses. His work has also led him to create the Parcha, the pamphlet repository for changing activism, an online platform of more than 70,000 original pamphlets and activist material produced by student organizations in New Delhi. He also compiles textual databases of various kinds ranging from public speeches of Indian prime ministers to tweets of Indian politicians. He's received a PhD from King's College London and his thesis is titled JNU is not just where you go it's what you become. Everyday political socialization and left activism at Jawaharlal Nehru University. Welcome JT. So JT just before we jump in to talking uh, about your work Uh, we'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do right now at CSH. Uh, yes, of course. Um, I'm very glad to be uh, to be on your platform, and uh, and I, I hope uh, uh, your listeners will be will be also uh, uh, glad to, to to listen to to this podcast. I'm a political ethnographer, um, and currently uh, I'm based at this research center called CSH, in which. Uh, I examine the production of political representation among educated youth, with a particular focus on on the current uh, Indian context. Um, and um, my my field work and my doctoral dissertation was focusing on a university called Jawaharlal Nehru University, which is based in New Delhi. um but my current focus is much uh, much broader than that and examining the role of um, of university spaces in the production of political of political capital uh, so jt since you mentioned uh, jnu that sounds very fascinating can you tell us a little bit about your thesis what was the area of research and what are your main findings uh, of course of course so the um, uh my my ethnography on uh, on on genu um was based on the study of the sections of the students who uh become politicized and participate to political activities either as part of student organization in campus or just as as individuals who become progressively uh, uh committed into uh, participating to, to to political activities um and the my focus was um extremely uh, extremely focused on the mechanism of politicization in in GNU and elsewhere but mostly in GNU and the three the three mechanisms that um that I focus on um are the following at first uh, i examine the circulation of political knowledge from a generation to the other Uh-huh. Uh, more specifically i examine the 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 role of micro cohorts um that are the the kind of micro generation that is the elders 
the seniors and how those seniors, uh, whether affiliated or not, transmit political knowledge to, uh, to juniors, sophomores and freshers. That is the first kind of mechanism that enables politicization um, uh, in, in, a, in a campus such as GNU. Second, I looked at the competition that happened in such spaces, uh, GNU, but also, also beyond in, in what we call central universities in India. Um, I examine how this competition between student outfits and political and political groups enables the spillovers of political knowledge. When competition is happening in campus, there is a certain form of value-based form of competition, which is very important and therefore enables the creation of new political ideas and the development of those political ideas outside of, of, of campus. Um, and the third aspect, I examine how self-fashioning in campus enables form of political legitimacy. I more specifically looked at the way left student organization claim representation of, of various student groups, including including Dalit and Muslim communities, through, uh, through fashioning a D-class self and removing signs of, of, of a political uh, uh, elitism and social elitism. Uh, that are the three the three kind of mechanism that I that I unveil in uh, in uh, in Tehran University, and I use the uh, and I use the case study to kind of uh, examine uh, what I call generational communities and their impact in in Indian politics. Generational communities, in a sense that uh, um, of of groups of students um, that. Um, uh, that create collective binders and experiencing differentially impactful events that happen more broadly in, in at, at the macro scale in, in, in India, such as um, the majoritarian turn of Indian democracy um, and more generally what we call synchronization of, of, of Indian politics. Um, I just, I just uh, uh, coined this notion of generational communities in order to uh, to identify what the political potential in campus spaces. First, the, the political socialization that can happen as life, uh, as life in common enables enables uh, the friendships and, uh, and and forms of kinship to turn political, and also how uh, uh, such political potential potential is enabled by form of biographical availability. That is, um, forms of political participation. That do not that do not encounter structural constraints, mm -hmm. um, let's say employment or, or or family duties. So and therefore, I looked at how this political potential is turned into um, into active uh, uh, political credentials, and I differentiate between two types of uh, generational communities. One that I call natural community, in which you know hierarchies um, are reproduced in which caste is reproduced, gender is reproduced, um, and in which the, the kind of politics that is developed is based on individual benefits, limited political scopes, and non-ideological form of political participation. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, I examine generational communities as political, what I call political communities, in which the engagement with ideational notions and values Enables to re renegotiate those notions that exist, that exist uh, uh, in the broader in the broader society. 
And um, I did that because I I believe it was extremely important to break two two forms of stereotypes uh, regarding student politics uh, in in the Indian context. One that student politics and youth has nothing different from whatever is happening outside of uh, of campus spaces. That uh, students vote like their parents, and that. Um, campuses are just uh, the extension of of national politics in uh, in captive communities such mm. as such as campuses. And the second uh, and the second trap I wanted to avoid was the the kind of stereotypical conceptions of youth as either uh, die revolutionaries, indisciplined villains, uh, born entrepreneurs, <laughs> or dynasts. Yeah. So I wanted to break the kind of stereotypes that 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 um, that exist uh, around, you know, the pre-notion we have about student politics in India. So what would you use as an example of the two categories that you just mentioned? Um, whose politics do you think fits into the first kind of generational politics and whose fits into the second kind of politics? Um, yes, of course. Let me give you a couple of examples. Sure. Uh, based, uh, based on... Uh, what I, I wrote in the recent years and based also on the literature that exists uh, uh, um, on, on student politics. Um, first, let me, uh, let me give you a few examples of natural communities. First example, I take, I take it from Riti Lukos. In we, uh, she's, she studies anti-strike protests in Kerala mm-hmm. in, non, in private non-metropolitan colleges. Um, she looks at the way... Um, uh, student groups, in fact, uh, 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 are trying to uh, ban politics in campus um, because um, they uh, because such politics go, goes against their ideals of uh, consumerism and um, the benefit they can take from private education. The second example is developed by Craig Jeffrey. In in Merut University, in which student uh, uh, student groups uh, reproduce jet power in in the university yeah. through brokerage between the administration and private enterprises in charge of building new uh, new infrastructures in campus and um, and also uh, in charge of the recruitment of students. Um, in, so in that case, students, student politics is only based on, on small local issues and never on, on values and, and, and ideas. Um, the third example goes beyond India, is developed by, uh, by Rude and he looks at the way um, Dhaka, uh, the student politics in Dhaka University uh, is based on crowd making and on securing seats for students in order to to bargain this for crowd participation in student protest. And a fourth example is patronage politics in in, in Pakistan, Punjab. So these are the these are the, the four examples of, of, of natural communities mm-hmm. um, among among uh, uh, among student groups. And um, what I define as 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 um, generational political communities, I will give you four examples again. One is developed by uh, Laurence Gauthier, um, and it's based on AMU, Aligarh Muslim University, okay. in Aligarh, Uttar Pradesh, in which, in which it shows that um, that the campus was able to 
uh, in the turn of, uh, of, of the 60s and the 70s to create minority right assertion uh, through, uh, through requesting uh, the change of admission in, in the university and how that claim was uh, picked up by political parties and, and moved beyond, beyond the campus space. Our second example is developed by Irslund in, in Nepal, and he described how uh, um, the, the kind of student politics surrounding the, uh, the, the, the Maoist revolution uh, uh, following the civil war um, after uh, after 2006 enabled, I mean, between uh, uh, before 2006 and then leading into, into that kind of politics, enabled enable, uh, a form of of uh, utopian politics to be uh, to be uh, enacted in 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 Nepal. Um, then a third example um, developed by um, Gundi Meda develops the idea of um, uh, of Dalit politics as a way to challenge to, to challenge uh, um, what we usually call you know Brahmanical idioms through provocation by the organization of, of beef festivals in, in campus spaces. And the fourth, the fourth um, example is in um, uh, um, a to-be-published uh, article by me in which I show how, um, how the competition between student group enables ideational cross-fertilization and how, for instance, queer politics um, is um, moves from small student groups to more uh, broad-based politics uh, through um, uh, through the competition between between student organization for uh, for the election of the defunct GSK gender sensitization um, uh, uh, group that is supposed to curb uh, gender-based violence in, in in campuses. So these these eight examples give you a sense of the difference between between natural communities and political communities. That's a that's a very interesting way to look at this, and I think. Um now, now I have a much clearer sense, actually, to be quite honest, about how natural communities work and uh, how uh, generational communities work. Uh, but moving on to the topic of politicization, uh, how how do, how does a place like JNU and let's let's stick for a moment to JNU itself? Um, how does it work to politicize someone? What is special about JNU in that way? Um, I will argue that uh, what happens in JNU. As of course specific to GNU in the kind of politics that is promoted because of the leftist leanings of the university, uh, we have we have a specific case here. But I also also argue that what is happening specifically in GNU also has resonance in other uh, 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 central universities, public universities in in uh, in India. So um, I was I was discussing just before the idea of of micro cohorts and circulation of 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 political ideas. So I, I show how student organizations are able to to politicize the newcomers, the new uh, the new batches of students, mm. uh, through uh, mundane acts of of sheltering students in their in the room, uh, through student assistance, and through the organization of political activities. Um, that that move that are beyond the, the class space and organize in spaces of socialization such as uh, canteens and 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 dabas. So I show that 
these are extremely important uh, 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 factors in in politicize in politicizing uh, um, students. Um, um, there, there are also more recent recent factors that explain um, currently the importance of GNU because GNU before was was extremely uh, politicized through its internal politics, but now we can see that it, it has become politicized through the way it is portrayed nationally by uh, by other players right. than, mm. than, than student organizations. And um, the labeling and the targeting of GNU and other universities as enemies of India mm. yeah. um, uh, has created the condition for self-selection of political students within the campus. So the, 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 the campus has become more political because it has become a political symbol and therefore it attracts people who want to, to pursue politics and uh, want to, to, to challenge the, 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 the way politics is conducted in the country at the moment. Yeah, so it uh, feeds into the uh, to the idea that it, uh, it, it, it promotes or sort of... Uh, uh, allows for a certain kind of politics to uh, to be to remain and therefore uh, attracts a certain kind. So it's, it's self fulfilling in that sense. Um, that's a very interesting point. I'd like to sort of use that to uh, pull into another piece of work that you did as a part of your doctoral dissertation, but I think uh, in a longer sense because you recently had an exhibition of the pamphlets that you collected uh, during the course of your research. Could you talk a little bit about that because? you know, one of the thoughts that come to mind in the context of the current conversations around JNU uh, and, you know, institutions, educational institutions more broadly, uh, is the overwhelming prevalence of social media and digital media in in the dissemination of information and in some ways even in the process of politicization. So how does that sit with uh, with sort of more traditional materials that are used in the political process, in the politicization process as well? Uh, is the leaflet dead? Uh, you know, would love to understand that a little yeah. bit more. Thank you, Sari, for your, for your fascinating question. Uh, I think it's, it's really important to to understand the importance of social media and the kind of politics that promote as both new and old, uh, I mean, let me let me explain. Um, as part of as part of my work uh, a couple of years ago, since say 2014, I, I started collecting pamphlets from different campuses, but majoritarily from um, from GNU. And then I organized an exhibition that was um, that was uh, focusing on, on on those on those pamphlets and was interviewing um, a former and current activists on the role of those uh, of those objects in the conduct of politics and how they they, they moved online. So based on based on their account, I can definitely I can definitely trace a form of continuity. Uh, between pamphleteer language as it existed in pamphlets before, and pamphleteer language as it exists today on um, on, on social media, um, what is lost, of course, is the materiality of the objects, uh, which which was used by students to access uh, by student groups to access other students. Mm. Um, the pamphlet is not only text; it is also an excuse to reach out, an excuse to uh, 
to to talk to uh, non-politicized students to it, it's a tool of politicization mm-hmm. um it's also uh, it also um as an object a way to uh, to centralize decision making in in a student organization mm-hmm. uh, as you as student organization is to agree on what is happening and what is not happening and what is the the political line of that particular group or or what is re- what, what is to be rejected um and of course it's a it's it's a proof of what has been done before and uh, uh student politics are very key is very keen on showing their consistency in the struggle on on, a, on particular issues and the four pamphlets is very important that that materiality um that materiality is is of course gone in in online social uh, pamphleteering but the grammar the grammar and the style of um uh, of political intervention on social media is very similar it you know it plays on form of political bitterness on competitive argumentation use of slanders claiming sincerity veritas claiming it's a it's a vituperative discourse um and the online the online turn uh, uh, um as as broad as broad for the characteristics uh, as i i would say uh, it it, it it first of all individualizes politics um it creates a it creates a, a, a online gods and there is a there's a, a ERC a European research project on 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 that on the 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 way social media create individuality uh, within student groups so we you have distinctive personalities uh, even even within for instance the uh, uh, right wing uh, 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 Twitter, Twitter sphere with uh, with individuals that are less and less controlled by uh, by uh, the, the the RSS or the BVP or the the, the BJP or the, the outfits of the Saint Parivar, but they are claiming a certain form of autonomy um, that creates form of brands in politics, which we see uh, uh, student leaders such as. Uh, Chandra Shekhar Azad or Kanye Kumar or others are are, are using for uh, for their their political career, um, but 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 that doesn't remove the the materiality of political campaigns and 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 uh, the way caricatures um, and other and other student activists uh, have to access uh, individuals first on a on a on a, on a fleshy one to one basis in order to to circulate. Hello. Uh, do you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Sorry, I think it just dropped for a second. But continue. Oh, we'll we'll edit this. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. So, so I think I, I think I uh, I, I trace the 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 continuity uh, the continuity of the the, the phenomenon and uh, and its kind of uh, differences also. So about pamphlets, and this is what is very interesting for me. Um, is that they seem to have their own kind of grammar in terms of how that what shape they are what words they use and uh, how they present images and ideas and so on and the point that you make about them being a more uh, an option for a fleshy contact uh, between people um how would you like of the 70000 that's an incredible data set um, how would you sort of you know try to categorize and make sense of the pamphlets that you've collected um they uh, can you reformulate a little bit the questions so uh, what what I, what i meant was uh, 
like if, if you had to put them in different categories like they're all obviously political in some sense but what are the kinds of differences between various kinds of pamphlets um of course so i would say that um that pamphlets are in campuses such as jordanar university hyderabad central university um osmania jodhpur university and and a few other universities that are not as certain limitation in terms of scale uh pamphlets are have stuff in common that are just described mm-hmm. but also things that enable particular student organization to stand out and this is value or ideologies so in terms of in terms of ideologies you can definitely see the characteristics of for instance um right wing hindu nationalism or um uh, left uh, left communist political uh political movements mm-hmm. and it enables also to see the inner the inner differences between uh between uh, a particular block of ideas um for instance you can see very much differences in terms of pamphlet of pamphlet making between the sfi the student federation of india which is the student branch of the communist party of india marxist mm-hmm. and uh, i would say um um aisa the old indian student association which is a student wing of the communist party of india marxist leninist right but from the outside it looked the same but when you look at the way uh, at the at, at the pamphlet there is a very different there is a very different kind of narrative that is that is unfolded hmm. the language of aisa is much more emotional in much more um um much more focus on the 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 abuse and discrimination of i would say dalit sections or mm-hmm. uh, a woman and has a, a, a bihari centric uh, um let's say a political lineage which is different from um from uh, the pamphlets of lsfi who emphasize on more conceptual notions such as uh, um such as capitalism or um or uh, imperialism and has a much more um welfareist approach that is in line with the politics of his of his parental organization when it was when it was in in power in west bengal and 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 uh, currently in in, in kerala mm. so the, the the pamphlet can enable uh, the the pamphlet have components in common but also their reading enables you to understand uh, the, the the form of uh the uh, political specialization in terms of ideas that different organization um implement it also i would say enables you to locate forms of cross fertilization you see um as as pamphlet are issued in such a in such a, a small space on the, the campus mm. uh, you, you see pamphlet stealing ideas from 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 other organizations you see for instance i remember of a for instance a 1997 pamphlet of um of uh, kavita krishnan who is now um who is cpml now, yeah uh, yeah cpiml mm. um 
head of the the women's the women's wing, and also she she is editing the uh, the monthly the monthly publication of uh, of female school liberation. And you see that uh, the, um, she uh, is one of the first who who kind of identified um, was identified uh, feminist ideals within other pamphlets and try to integrate that particular political knowledge within uh, uh, within the till then quite rigid Marxist framework of um, of her organization and issues a pamphlet uh, stating that from now Aisa um, uh, and his parent party should advocate for Marxist feminism. So pamphlets are are are, are important objects in to, to locate the occurrences of those form of cross fertilization that happen within within campus spaces. Yeah. That sounds interesting and like I suppose that tells us about how ideas spread within a space uh, like uh, JNU. Yes. So, you know, building off of that, would love to sort of kind of vocabularies of politicization as well as the broader context of institutional repre- uh, repression that is uh, that is in that is ongoing there's a certain exceptionalism attached to jnu in this context uh, as the site of the tukde tukde gang and very many other vocabularies that have been built up uh, but you know if you could talk a little bit more from your current research or from your research to current events uh, and help us parse through both the broader narrative from the state's perspective but also within uh, JNU and uh, how to think about it uh, we'd love to hear uh, thank you sir for your for for this fascinating uh, question i think that what we are uh, witnessing in the current context is a very interesting kind of uh, conjecture of 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 two things first as you said is a, f- a form of attempt of the current government to to target campuses and not only gnu or we see now amu we see jamia um we see hcu and other campuses um it was the case and not uh, not too long ago in Jodhpur University, right. yes. it was the case not too long ago in FTII in Pune. Yes, um, we, we see the uh, campuses who are extremely limited space. They are small, and in terms of in terms of share of population, it is small. In terms of share of students, it is so small. Uh, in ter- uh, when we compare it to private education, it is also small number of students. But the fact that they are targeted by by the by, by the government they are they, they are transformed into a into a public enemy uh, makes makes uh, the campus a form of political opposition uh, a form of political opposition to to to, uh, to the to the current uh, regime and this is um, this uh, corroborates a set of a set of elements that i touched before and that are and, and and that i can elaborate on that that makes the campus um, uh, a potential political uh, space. So if we if we now move out of GNU and, and look at, for instance, what is what has happened in 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 in, in Jamia in the in the past few in the past few weeks, um, we see that, uh, that 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 campuses have been able to to train uh, what I call early risers and initiators. Um, that means those who who will take the initial risk. When it comes to political protest, 
in the face of the the, the, uh, the movements against the, the Citizen Amendment Act and the perspective, even though it is postponed, uh, national register of citizen, we we see that uh, um, um, there there are uh, this, there is a tremendous desire from sections of, of the population to protest, but that that the actual ability to protest is triggered by the action of those early risers and initiators who take the risk and then be, for instance, attacked by the police. Um, which in turn enable campus spaces to uh, to act as uh, nodal points. You know, like first physically, because the campus is connected to neighborhood, how Jamia connects to Jaminagar, um, how Jamia connects to Sheinbach, that have been two hotspots of the of the protest of the of the recent protest. The the campus uh, attracts uh, attracts those those networks and and uh, drags into the picture a population that we're not used to, to, to participate in to, to political activities. It also builds on a, a strong network of alumni who organize, for instance, um, fund collection. Um, it builds on a strong network of central universities in which, uh, in which activists circulate, uh, but also in which ideas circulate. For instance, yesterday I was discussing with student activist of SIU, the Student Islamic Organization, uh, it's the student wing of Jamaat Islam, was telling me how the idea of Islamophobia emerged in HCU in Hyderabad and in the wake of the exclusion of a uh, 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 Muslim organization from the alliance with, uh, with a Dalitian organization and how this idea uh, uh, was, uh, was, then, was then used by uh, Jamia protesters who took inspiration from what happened in HCU in order to 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 craft a, a, um, a language that uh, that goes beyond the campus? You now we see that that uh, that um, uh, campuses serves not only as a material nodal point but as a symbolic nodal point, as they create you know a form of of language, um, a, a form of popular language against what we can call a populist language. So they use notions such as the constitution, uh, such as the nation, we are all Dejbats, and we are the future of the country, and we are young. So they use the metaphors, the metaphors of, of youthfulness and constitutionalism in order to, to go much beyond the actual networks of, um, of political groups that exist in Jamia, which is divided between left organization and Islamic organizations. So um, this shows you how campus spaces enables to crystallize uh, um, a certain idea of the popular and challenge, uh, uh, and therefore challenge much more efficiently than political parties such as the Congress, the uh, the, the current the current government. No, and I suppose in that sense. It, it's kind of interesting that uh, its location also perhaps has a bearing. And as you rightly pointed out, it's not as if JNU is the only university which has been at the receiving end of the government's attentions, shall we say. Uh, we have seen, and as you rightly pointed out, FTI, uh, FTI TIS also actually, FTI TIS, uh, Central University of Hyderabad and so many places. But JNU as this, uh, its location in Delhi, 
uh, only a few kilometers away from the seat of power also perhaps uh, gives it uh, that uh, prominence. We are just out of time for this uh, particular episode and uh, thank you so much for uh, your insights. I think uh, it was very useful to think, how, uh, uh, for me at least, to understand how politicization works. That and, and I think what you presented breaks down those stereotypes that all of us are fed in other ways. And, and, and it's not just one kind of stereotype. There are multiple kinds of stereotypes here which need to be broken down to understand truly what JNU represents uh, as a space. Yes, and absolutely. And even in thinking about the forms of transmission of political identity uh, and politicization of students, um, it's very interesting to think about both the materiality that you mentioned uh, through leaflets and that interpersonal connect, uh, but also more broadly through the ways in which um, through the ways in which politicization occur, uh, through the unions, through external contacts, and sort of many other ways and means. Uh, thank you very much, uh, JT. We really enjoyed this conversation. I think in this current moment, uh, in thinking about all of the events as they unravel, uh, it's critical to have this perspective of how the process actually unfolds and and your learnings from your fieldwork at JNU. Thank you so much, uh, Sarayu and Alok, for, for your very uh, uh, astute questions. And uh, I hope the, uh, the, the audience and your listeners will be, will be, will be glad to, to, to reflect on those uh, indeed important issues. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, thank you all for tuning into the Ganatantra podcast. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. Goodbye. See you next Wednesday.